0: Another episode of
1: Zing This.
0: You actually beat me on the intro this time. Cool. Well, you got me, Zinger. Across from me, you got Ellie. And I guess was was there a trailer for a new for a comic book movie out this week?
1: Hmm, <laughs> maybe.
0: Well, we'll get to that one at the end, because I have a little bit of a discussion to make on that, on that particular one. But There's another one that you watched that you thought was pretty interesting, right, Ellie?
1: Oh, are you talking about Baywatch? Yes. (laughs) Well, I am a sucker for Dwayne Johnson movies.
0: And this is definitely one of them. He... (laughs) He's been posting on his Twitter, on his Instagram. I know a lot about it, so finally getting to see a trailer was really cool. It's it, it's just some goofy, fun movie. It, oh it, yeah, d-
1: definitely don't don't take this seriously. Obviously, no,
0: no, this and is not a movie I, to take seriously. <laughs> I
1: love some of the throwbacks with like the comment about the girl running in slow mo, and t- he's like, she... "Oh, did you see that too?" And
0: <laughs> it I, always looks like she's running in slow motion. Did you know you noticed that too?
1: I thought that was great. So, so it looks fun.
0: Yeah, wondering if there's going to be a, a Hasselhoff.
1: Possible oh, a little cameo. cameo.
0: Possible cameo. Mm-hmm.
1: I'd be okay with that.
0: That that would definitely be cool. And, and
1: and don't forget about Pamela Anderson.
0: I know she could definitely make an appearance yeah. too. So that it would be a nice nod or something. I I, I can see them doing a after the cre- after credits or during the credits, little wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
1: Yeah, or, I mean and. I don't know how many of you guys out there liked the, the new Ghostbusters movie. I thought it was entertaining enough, but I, I did like the way they did the, the quick, cute little cameos of all the people from the original movie. So I'd appreciate it in this one as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, moving on to the next trailer that debuted this, this past week that was pretty interesting. War for the Planet of the Apes which would be the third installment in the something-something Planet of the Apes Yeah, yeah, the ones nowadays. So this one was definitely um, building off of events from the last one. I know that there were supposed to be some scenes kind of the last one that showed that the army was supposed to be getting involved, if I remember correctly. Um, Trying to remember back to this movie. I know it's one I only saw in theaters. It was good. It just wasn't something. I mean, Planet of the Apes movies are cool, don't get me wrong. I'm just wondering how much further they're going to push the progression of these not that I'm, I'm i'm upset with them or anything it's just i'm wondering how much further they're going to keep progressing it until if we're finally just getting straight up remakes of the original oh. plan of the ape so that's the thing i'm wondering how much further this is going to continue on looks interesting definitely those um movies they make me sad yeah those movies are <laughs> not um <laughs> for the faint of heart, it, it's one of those things, not trying to spoil any of the other ones if you haven't seen them, but it's there's so many chances for people to make the right choices or for things to go the right way, and, and they, they always don't. backfire. Yeah, And I don't want to spoil the ending of the last one if you haven't seen it, but it's interesting that the events from that one are bleeding into this one because of certain, certain individuals' choices. I don't want to say people, but certain individuals' choices from the previous one are leading into this one, which I'm sure will lead into the next one, possibly. Don't know. We'll see what happens. I also enjoy the one-off characters they have. They have in this one... Um,
1: Woody Harrelson.
0: Yes, and previous one, they had Gary Oldman, and before that, they had um, James Franco. They, they do a good job. Each of them does good in their respective roles, so I would I'm very interested to see what he's going to bring to the table. This character seems interesting from the short part we got in the trailer, but... We'll see what happens with that. Now, moving on to the last two trailers, which will be a little bit more in-depth of a discussion. Not too in-depth. Maybe that'll be next week. Maybe it'll be the week after. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm going to start with Transformers trailer, The Last night, Once again, being done by Michael Bay.
1: Oh, yay. Another one.
0: If you haven't gathered from (laughs) this podcast, I am a Transformers fan of the original cartoon, um, mostly first season gen one into the movie a little bit after that as well is what I'm grew up on was primarily a fan of, um, thanks to my older brother, Chris, who had me watch the movie and stuff with him. It was really cool. I got to hang out with him and watch it and it was all fun. And I really loved the transformers as a kid. And I get a lot of people that do ask me what my feelings are on the, what Michael Bay's done. And I'm not going to get into a huge in-depth discussion with this, and I don't want to divide the internet with anything too drastic, but... Because we did mention the Ghostbusters movie on here already, so this is already a divisive intro hey, to the podcast. it was a quick
1: mention. So, <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll just say this. I They're whatever to me. They don't ruin the franchise for me, or add to it they're just an interesting thing to have i I don't know where they're going with this one i've heard a lot of people say that they're starting to make steps to try to do a soft reset possibly or try to fix some continuity errors they may have had with it so that would be interesting if they did am i upset with what they've done with the transformers movie so far no i'm just indifferent if i really want to watch a transformers movie i'll pop in the 1986 animated one and sit there and reminisce while watching that so
1: I'm going to tell you my opinion.
0: Okay. Explosions. Explosions. More explosions.
1: Yes. So, I don't come for the movies. I don't come to the movies for a, a great immersive storyline, character development. I just want to see Transformers. So, they're good enough for me just because I love the huge action and the, you know, the explosions. So.
0: And that's why Michael Bay is going to keep getting to make these. They yeah. make money. And that's what Michael Bay does with these movies is he makes money from them and everyone gets upset and it's just, he's, he's making money. So no studio is going to be like, Hey, stop that because he's bringing them in lots of money. But that, that, that being said, my overly excited about it, eh, possible Unicron in it, Optimus Prime evil for some reason, possibly influenced by dark energon, Interesting. If you noticed, his um his eyes are normally blue, but in some portions of the trailer where he's fighting other people, they're purple. So that could be a possible dark in, dark Energon influence. That would be interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, like like I said, is this something I'm super excited about? Meh. Is it something I'm gonna go see? Probably. Someone I'm gonna be happy with. Eh. Who knows? We'll see. But now moving on to something I am excited about and something that I think a lot of people on On the internet, and a lot of people from this podcast are also very excited about Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) So, definitely an amazing trailer. I I thought they did a fantastic job. Great job with the music. Great job with um, just showing the the humor of Spider-Man. The the part where they're robbing the bank, and he kind of just... Walks in, puts his arm up. You know, that's that's Spider Man for me. It's him making the these
1: quirky kid, the, yeah,
0: yeah, the, making these quips, making these you know, funny you know, jokes every now and then. Just being this person who's in a fight and will sit there and crack be cracking wise the entire time. Right. Um, not fourth wall breaking, cracking wise like somebody else who's masked <laughs> who wields possible katanas and some guns, but definitely cracking jokes. I, I enjoyed the little you know, ah, oh, you know, Hulk. Hulk's the one that gave it away on you guys um, that and then when during the when he was fighting the guy, he just was dodging him when he could obviously have just taken him out, but just was having fun with it right so that was really cool. They're definitely I think the most important thing I'm going to take away from this is they're trying to differentiate. Make sure that this one is differentiated from the others.
1: Yes, definitely a different feel from the others.
0: Um, they're try I mean, once again, this is the youngest person to play Spider-Man. He was actually a teenager during some of the shooting of him, of I believe it was uh, Civil War. He was a teenager during that shooting process, so definitely one of the youngest. Um, he looks like someone from high school. He doesn't look mm-hmm. like some buddy from Dawson's Creek being in high school, quote unquote. So there's that phenomenal what they did with him in the trailer. Now we're gonna I'm gonna move on to the villain real quick. I'll probably wrap back around and have some more comments about Spider-Man. So you got the Vulture, you got um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Awesome. As the Vulture. So that's interesting. I I think he's gonna do a phenomenal job with it. He's definitely a great actor.
1: So he must like bird characters.
0: Birds and characters <laughs> that can fly, because. Ironically, I was gonna steal Batman quote for this particular situation where <laughs> you either die the hero and live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And what has he done? Birdman. He went from Batman to, to Bird- Birdman yes. to now the Vulture. Exactly. So obviously now <laughs> the villain. And I think the costume design looks great for him. The wings, the propellers in the wings looked awesome. So it definitely made sure that it was differentiating itself. A very important thing I want to point out, and this is just me kind of going on a quick little speculation because maybe I want to save some more discussion for possibly next week. Don't know yet. We'll see what happens. I think that Spider-Man could be an interesting bridge between the Avengers and the Defenders. Hmm. He's been very associated with um, both... With the Defenders or both those teams too much, but right. I'm just saying, Spider-Man's somebody who's kind of a mid-level hero. He he works with the Avengers, but he also kind of works down on the street level with a lot of those people as well. So I think that if they kind of try to stick to the comics or try to take stuff from the comics, there might be an interesting bridge there between the two of them. We'll see what they do with it. I don't think that's going to happen because they have kind of wanted to keep their Netflix adventure. Right abc adventure separate it's it's taking place in the same world but they don't really connect with each other they're kind of all good guys for the same goal of keeping the planet their neighborhood or whatever safe but they're not really doing it together yet so who knows what we'll see in the future future could bring a lot of different stuff but yeah the suit really well done
2: Um, well
1: and you you could see um this is just you know going out on a limb too but You could see more bridging just because with Netflix having that deal with um, Disney Mm -hmm. and being able to have a lot of the Marvel and Disney and all those different franchises coming to Netflix a lot sooner than anybody else. So it might be something eventually that they will want to do.
0: Who knows? Like like I said, it would be cool to get into that. So could it happen? It's possible. I don't know how willing they're how much they're willing to go and do with that it would be cool but we'll see what happens in the future as for his i'm gonna just real quick touch on the costume thought was his costume The, the one that stark gives him because you do see his old one in the trailer briefly here and there the one that stark gives him is pretty interesting it's obviously got a lot of stark tech in it it's got a lot of little gizmos and gadgets um interesting thing when he uh his friend catches him in the In his bedroom with it on, he hits the he hits something and it kind of like almost falls off him. So I thought that was interesting. That's sort of how it clings to him and then falls and it can kind of just come off of him very quickly to change from his Spider-Man outfit to his just regular clothes. So that was cool. Another thing we did see was the web wings. Yep. Which I'm I'm not saying it's a direct correlation. But if, we rem- if I remember correctly, the, uh, the Iron Spider outfit, the one that Tony gave him during Civil War, could glide and could actually fly slightly. So maybe that's just their way of once again making Connecting sure that, it. once again that you understand this is not Spider-Man from The Amazing Spider-Man. This is not Spider-Man from The Sam Raimi. This is a completely different right. Spider-Man. He has a different suit. He's using different things. So that would be a cool way to connect, you know, something from the comics. Is that what they're doing? Who knows? We might get that actual Spider-Man outfit in the movie. We don't know. So, like I said, it's just one trailer. And another very important thing to point out, him holding that um, the barge together, the ship when it's split in half and he's got the webbing and he's holding it together. Obviously, I think that they were trying to make a callback to the Spider-Man scene in Spider-Man 2 where he's um, saving all those people on that train and is having to stop the train. So I think that that was an obvious kind of, once again, same but different. Obviously a Spider-Man thing to do, but this is not the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. This is not the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. This is the new Spider-Man. This is the Avengers Link Spider-Man. Well, and the
1: fact that Iron Man is in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, kind of. I mean, how how heavy do you think he's going to be in it, though? I mean, the trailer seemed to imply that he was going to be just there.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely the trailer makes it look like, you know, Iron Man's taking Spider-Man on as his, his As
0: little. his pupil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know.
0: You had that one clip at the end where it showed Spider-Man swaying and Iron Man flying with him. So, I mean, who knows? I... I'd like to think they're going to let Spider-Man helm himself, but the storyline that I'm kind of getting from the trailer is that Tony's kind of babying him.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: treating him like a kid because yeah. he's going to he be like, you kid. You are a kid. You have great power, and with great power comes great <gasps> responsibility. responsibility. So I'm sure that that might get hammered home And right. in that. What we're about to get into is a very interesting thing that started as sort of a, well, let's do some quick research, and it turned into, Wow. Yeah. Um, we decided to look into movies that you might not realize were based on books, and we found some very interesting stuff. Oh, yeah,
1: some really cool stuff.
0: Our uh, co-host, Rob, will be joining us on that, for that, and we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. This is...
1: Zing This.
0: You always really me Welcome back to Zing This. You've got me, Zinger. And Ellie. And Rob. And our discussion today is going to be based around movies that you might not have realized were based on books. And we're going to, of course, start our discussion with the Harry Potter... No, I'm just kidding. Actually, Ellie's going to start by talking about the Lord of the Rings. Nah, just kidding. We're going to actually start with Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Not kidding on that one, people. It was actually based on a book called... Madam Doubtfire. Did not so, know that. So that's our interesting one to get started with. Ellie, you've got one.
1: I do have one. So I know you get frustrated when I watch this a million times, but I love the Pitch Perfect movies. And did you know that that was made after a book?
0: No, I did not.
1: Yeah. The book was called Pitch Perfect, The Quest for Collegiate Acapella Glory. And um, Mickey Rapkin wrote it. And the author actually spent a year studying three different colleges and their collegiate acapella programs to make sure the the content was, you know, true to the source.
0: Interesting. I would have never guessed that that was based on a book. I know. Just because of the way it's done. Yeah. Uh Rob, what do you got for us?
2: Well, one uh, particular movie that some people might know is based on a book, but... Uh the movie's popularity definitely outweighs it as Jaws, was a uh, book... Uh, the, f-
0: the first one, right? We're not talking about Jaws 5 oh, yeah. or 3D here, right?
2: <laughs> Actually, what's the one where he fights Ivan Sharkowski? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, the first one, the first uh, one. <laughs> book written by Peter Benchley, which... Um, has some interesting differences from the movie. Um, Richard Dreyfuss' character was actually supposed to have an affair with Roy Scheider's wife, in the movie, and or in the book. And uh, for some reason, they seemed to not want to include that plot point in the movie. But interesting subplot. Maybe
0: they didn't. They just didn't not make it obvious whatsoever that it was part of the movie.
2: Steven Spielberg had a quote something along the lines that like the biggest problem with the book was he hated the characters so much that he was actually rooting for the shark. <laughs> <laughs> and if you read the book, the characters aren't the most likable.
0: So you just mentioned Steven Spielberg. I think he'll be coming up later on in these discussions that we are having. Mm. Yes. Another one that I think that a lot of people might realize is based on a book, or might not, Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Definitely a cult hit. Definitely no, something that's that,
1: a favorite of yours.
0: It is. It is both the book and the movie. The reason I wanted to bring this up is for an excuse to say a very fun fact about the movie and about the book. The author of the book, Chuck Palahniuk, has openly admitted during interviews that he actually... <clears throat> That he is sort of embarrassed of his book by comparison to the movie, which I find interesting because a lot of people, you know, complain that the book wasn't as the book was better than the movie, but he's openly saying that they did a better job of interpreting his work than he did. Which is cool because I mean the movie definitely does a great job. It does differ from the book in a lot of key points. I'm not gonna get into that now. Watch the movie. Everything does. (laughs) Watch the movie, read the book. It's definitely Worth it, if you have any interest in if you've watched one or read one, definitely do the vice versa because it's it's worth it, Ellie, I know you've got probably a fun one to tell us.
1: Did you know that Shrek was a book?
0: No, actually, I did not
1: yeah uh Steig uh wrote it back in nineteen ninety or it came out in nineteen ninety and a director that we have mentioned previously, just a few minutes ago, Steven Spielberg.
0: I feel we should have a Spielberg counter. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. It might
0: get into the double digits. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, he actually it was 10 years after the book came out that it was made, but it was made into a movie.
0: Fascinating. I didn't know that it was based on... I knew that there was a lot of development stuff with it that it took forever. Mm-hmm. So knowing that it was based on a book now, that kind of makes sense to where... You know, maybe that's why it took so long right. for stuff to get going on it. And the fact that Steven Spielberg was involved with his company, of course, of DreamWorks right. animation. Mm-hmm. Um, So, Rob.
2: um, Jackie Brown, which of course is a Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. film. <laughs> that was based on a book called Rum Punch hmm. by Elmore Leonard. And um, obviously... Quentin Tarantino put his own twist on the movie but the movie is uh based on a novel and I think that's the only thing Tarantino's ever done where he adapted it from another source material and didn't just write the script himself obviously he wrote a lot of the dialogue himself but was based on a novel
0: yeah I, I was not aware of that and I've watched plenty of Quentin Tarantino movies oh, and yeah. actually was not aware of that fact.
2: Yeah, I didn't the, know. Uh, the writer of the novels has praised the movie saying it's good.
0: That's definitely cool. I'm hoping that that trend continues. It won't. Nope. <laughs> so, my next one is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is based on the book Who Censored Roger Rabbit by Gary Wolfe. An interesting thing about this, though, is the movie and the book differ drastically from each other. I'm not going to get into all the differences between them, but I'm just going to say this, that the movie takes one route, the book takes another, and they're both interesting in their own way. But I just wanted to point that one out because that one is one probably everyone thought that Robert Zemeckis and all them just thought up as a cool crossover thing back in the day, but apparently it was inspired i guess more so than based off of a book so that's mine there ellie
1: yes i would like to say um i'm not sure how many people out there know that crouching excuse me i'm sorry crouching tiger hidden dragon is based off of a book
0: no i did not that's interesting yes
1: um wang Dulu is the author and it's actually part of a uh, it's the fourth book in a five part series um Crane Iron series so hmm. I thought that was kind of cool
0: Interesting yeah. once again not what I would have expected to hear on this, on this discussion Yeah So Rob we're going to go to you and I think yours has to do with it's it's that time of year for this movie <laughs>
2: Yes, of course, you can't have a Christmas without watching Die Hard. It is true.
1: Good segue. (laughs)
2: Yeah. uh, It is based on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe.
1: Why does that sound like a Bond movie?
2: (laughs) A Bond
0: villain, you mean?
2: (laughs) No, I meant that
1: Nothing Lasts Forever. It just gives a. It has a Bond ring to it.
2: Isn't there. Actually, it's a Bond movie with a similar title. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought.
0: On the note of Bond, real quick, almost all of the Bond movies are based on books, but that's something Uh, a lot of people uh, Well well, for the sorry, for the most part a lot of them are, but I don't think they're direct interpretation. I know Casino Royale is because that's actually the first first one. So that one's interesting.
2: Yeah, there's Diamonds Are Forever and there's That's the one. Uh, That's the one Diamonds Never Are Never Say forever. Never Again and
0: There we go. Thanks, Rob. Nothing right.
2: lasts Forever. That does seem like it could be a Bond movie. <laughs> it
0: does, but it's actually a diehard movie, so any more fun facts on that one?
2: Oh not that I know of. Do you know any fun facts?
0: I actually do. It was written as a sequel to the book The Detective. Which was also adapted into a movie that starred Frank Sinatra. Whoa. So there's kind of a double
2: whammy there. Yeah. I wonder what the writer of the book thinks about the Die Hard sequels.
0: (laughs) That is a good question.
1: Hmm. Well, I have another one for you. Awesome. You remember that cute little movie Clueless?
2: Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Mixed
0: opinions. (laughs)
1: Well, that was made, um, we're going to say loosely, so okay. it was loosely based after a Jane Austen novel really? from, from 1815 called Emma, and Cher, huh. Cher the, main, the main girl in the movie, yeah. was based off of the character Emma Woodhouse in that book.
0: Fascinating. I did not realize that, yeah. so that is kind of interesting. Yeah, um, crazy. I think sticking with the high school motif, Rob has one that I know he is just dying to talk about.
2: So here's a fun fact. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Mean Girls. He's not
0: lying about that (laughs) one, people. It's also one of mine.
2: Mean Girls Uh. is based on a novel called Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosalind Wiseman or Wiseman. Um... I'm gonna go with Wiseman, <laughs> and uh, Tina Fey supposedly added some uh,
0: personal touches, influence
2: from her own life into the movie.
0: That's one. Like I said, when I watched it, did not know that it was based on a book mm-hmm. I or did inspired not know by a book. either.
2: But makes sense. It's got some compelling characters and
0: awesome. Well, Ellie, I think you've got another one before things get interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I do. Another one I have is, uh, you remember Rambo First Blood?
0: Yes. And then the following, how many of those have they made? <laughs> We're talking about the first one. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> so there was a book called First Blood that it was based after. Interesting. Um, it was written by David Morrell. And it um, did have quite a difference between the book and the movie.
0: I have heard that.
1: Should I say Spoiler.
0: Spoiler alert.
1: Okay, spoiler alert. Um, so basically, in the book, Rambo was killed by Sheriff Teasel.
0: Oh, yes. That's but, drastically different and yes. saves a lot of people time and effort in <laughs> a Rambo Marathon.
1: Exactly. But of course, we can't kill him off in the movie because then there can't be 85 sequels.
0: Correct.
1: So, yeah, so there you go.
0: All right. We're at a point now to where, in our research, we came across some very interesting things. We've kind of mentioned one-off books that were ba- that you know, one-off authors and books that have had movies based after them that people might not have known know of. But now we move into a very interesting topic of authors that have had multiple adaptations of Clash
1: their- of the Titans.
0: I know you're probably thinking that. Um, Stephen King will be on this list. A lot of people do already realize that some of the ones that he has written, the books that he has written have been adapted into movies. Rob um, probably can rattle off a few that you might not be aware of,
2: though. um, In case you didn't know, The Shawshank Redemption was a novella by Stephen King, as was The Green Mile. Um, So was Apt Pupil... And The Running Man. Um, And I'm just going to say this. If you want a good read, pick up different seasons. It's a collection of novellas. And uh, two in there, uh, Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption, which is what The Shawshank Redemption is based off of. And one of my personal favorite stories and movies, uh, The Body, which was adapted into the movie Stand By Me, which uh, is one of the rare occurrences where Stephen King has actually praised the adaptation and said it was good. Um, The book, there are some mild changes, but anyway, I'm just going to say read the book and watch the movie. They're both good. And
1: Oh, sorry.
0: I just wanted to make sure that we covered Stephen King, So I'm sure a lot of people are like, why do they talk about King at all? But a lot of people do know what he has adapted. Another interesting... Believe it or
2: not, Stephen King's It was based on a book by Stephen King. Whoa.
1: And I, I wanted to say, too, if we're giving suggestions of Stephen King books, <laughs> Four Past Midnight is really good, too. Um, that one had The Secret Window and Langoliers.
0: Yeah, secret. I was trying to remember what the yeah. movie was called, but yeah, Secret Window. Yeah, is But,
1: one. but I don't, Langoliers is really good too, if you've never Wasn't read that Wasn't The
0: one. Mist one of his movies as well?
1: Yeah.
0: There we go. I mean, another one of his books that yeah, was adapted in right. the movie. There we go. Uh,
2: There's countless ones. Uh, there, yeah. there is.
0: I, I actually looked at the list before this to see if I could grab anything, and there, it just kept going. But another one that I'm kind of interested in they might be adapting, or they sorry, they are adapting, is the Dark Tower series. Right. Is getting a film treatment or TV series treatment? I can't remember which off the top of my head right now. Just wanted to point that one out. Rob, I know is not the biggest fan of that.
2: I I didn't hate it. I just I I read the Gunslinger. I never read any of the ones after it, and I just wasn't crazy about it. Well, and they have but,
1: graphic novels too, haven't they? Yes, they do. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of our Stephen King homage, real quick. Even even though know, what we're about to get into might be. Just as interesting. Ellie, would you like to start giving us some mind-blowing facts about an author?
1: I'm going to give you a little bit about uh, a gentleman named Philip Dick.
0: Philip K. Dick.
1: He's awesome.
0: Yes. What so, did he do? <laughs> We're about to find out.
1: I know, right? Well, anybody ever heard of Blade Runner?
0: Which version of the movie?
1: <laughs> Ooh, true. I, I, true. Guess,
0: I guess this will refer to all of them, though. <laughs>
1: Um, well, it was, the book was called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?
0: Interesting.
1: Um, and, and it is loosely based. That is one that is loosely based. But, um, Philip K. Dick has done... Before
0: we jump away from uh, Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, I know that has a lot, that, that, not just Blade Runner... Apparently, a lot of other movies have taken from this. I don't have the exact list at hand right now. I just know that this has been mentioned before in other very interesting discussions and movies that had an influence from this book. So it definitely wasn't just Blade Runner, but it did kind of morph out into other avenues. So let's see what else Mr. Dick has given us.
1: Um, and some of these, I know uh, the, the movie, but I'm not quite sure the, so if you can help me remember. I got um, you. I can't remember exactly what all the books were called, um, but Total Recall.
0: Was based off of a short story called, We Can Remember It For You Wholesale.
1: <laughs> well, nice. <laughs> but I, you know, that one's a very popular one. A Scanner Darkly.
0: Which film adaptation did feature Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder and Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. actually. (laughs) There, I can talk again.
1: It's okay. Uh, And the
0: book or the short story was by the same name for that one.
1: Awesome. And then Minority Report.
0: Which was based off of a short story called The Minority Report. So I think our Spielberg counter gets another ding on it with that. So Spielberg counter moving on up.
1: And that's a that's a book that was inspired a movie and a TV show.
0: Correct.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and paycheck,
0: which was starred Ben Affleck. Yeah. And was yeah. based on a short story by the same name. Awesome.
1: And then um, does not not sure how many people remember this movie, but next
0: it was a Nicolas Cage movie. How do you forget those? <laughs> oh, I know. And by the way, we finally get to talk about Nicolas Cage.
2: Yes. He's Not the bees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now we move on. All right,
2: that was fun.
1: And then I'll um, be back. One other one for all those prime people out there that had. Oh, real it. quick,
0: we're, real quick before we get there, the next movie was loose, loosely loosely based off of a story short story called The Golden Man. So there is the Philip K. Dick story that it was. Loosely based off of
1: Oh, next with Nicholas Cage. Yes. yes.
0: Nicholas Cage.
1: Um, I don't know. If... I'm going
2: to steal the declaration of independence. Oh my gosh. I'm going to light my head on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the the last one that we're going to mention with, with Mr. Dick is the man in the high castle
0: for all you prime members.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Very interesting novel. Uh, just going to talk about real quick i'm not going to get into it but it's an alternate history where basically the u.s lost world war ii and is invaded by both germany and japan and i'm and I'm, they split this, the country yes and I'm, I'm simplifying this to the barest bones of what it is go read the book if you can find it, i think it's hard to find right now if i remember correctly um i might be wrong on that but or you could just Watch it on Amazon. So there's those options. Now, we move on to another titan of the pen. Another maestro of the page. Michael Crichton. Yes. Now, I'm sure what you're thinking is, oh, well, of course, you're going to talk about Crichton because of Jurassic Park and The Lost World. Well, there you go. I gave you two that he did that probably a lot of people are aware of. But are you aware they also wrote Congo? No. He also wrote the movie Timeline as well, which had a movie interpretation done of it that featured movie stars such as Paul Walker and Gerard Butler. And it of course yeah. was not well received, but just an interesting tidbit on the movie adaptation and some star power that they got behind it.
1: And I didn't I mean I think we've discussed this before. I'm not super critical on movies, but I, I, it wasn't that bad as far as the movie's concerned. But the book was really good.
2: It was all right, but it was no Congo. <laughs> no,
1: different movie.
2: <laughs>
0: Moving on to a few other movies that were inspired by works by Michael Crichton that you might not be aware of. The Andromeda Strain, The Terminal Man. And this one is going to have an interesting little twist to it. Eaters of the Dead. I'm sure you're probably thinking, I've never heard of that movie, and it sounds like a zombie movie. It's (laughs) not. It is actually the interpretation that was adapted for film was called The 13th Warrior, featuring Antonio Banderas. So that one was one I actually remember watching as a kid, and I Uh... probably should watch now. Because I feel that it would be one that I have rose-tinted glasses on. Because I, I I don't know. I feel like I need to rewatch that one. If anyone's right. seen that one, like I said, that one's an obscure one that I didn't realize was... Yeah, I had no idea. ...was um, something from Michael Crichton. So yeah. that is interesting. Um, the Sphere, or oh, Sphere... wow. ...was based on a book by Crichton, I which featured that. some very interesting cast of Dustin Hoffman, Samuel L. Jackson, and...
1: Peter Coyote.
0: Yes. Sharon Stone as well was in that movie. So yeah. that one had a very interesting cast. I know a lot of people really like that movie. Yeah, so that I one is it. one that you might not have realized was based on a Steve, I mean, based on a Michael Crichton thing, by the way, if you're, um, if you did not realize earlier, your Spielberg counter should have gone up one more for the mention of Jurassic park. <laughs>
1: Ding, 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 ding.
0: So, Crichton, I mean, Crichton Counter helps out the Steven Counter on that one. Moving on to... uh, Yeah,
2: Crichton also has a writer credit for Twister. Another fun fact.
0: That is interesting on that one. We'll get to another movie he had to write momentarily, he helped write, or wrote, sorry, that he just straight up wrote momentarily that might be a little bit more topical right now than people might realize. Um, Moving on, Rising Sun, which featured Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes and
1: Tia Carrere
0: and hi Harvey uh, Harvey Keitel
1: you are having a hard time talking today
0: it's it's all these names (laughs) so that's another one that was adapted from a work that he did uh Disclosure is another one that had a film adaptation that had to be more Michael Douglas Donald Sutherland and Dennis Miller in it so that one's interesting I know that this is going to divide some people because there wasn't a book based off it but Jurassic Park 3, hold on, hold on, put down your pitchforks, put down your flaming torches. There was parts taken from the original Jurassic Park book that were in put into the third one. I'm not saying he wrote it. I'm not saying it was... Ins- it was definitely used inspiration from the original Jurassic Park book. The aviary and the river stuff was...
2: Yeah, the- now that you mentioned it, uh, yeah, I guess the... In the book, there is a part where Alan, Lex, and Tim get chased by a T. Rex on a raft in the yep. river.
0: And pterodactyls were involved that you yes. don't really ever see in the first movie that and much. So, if
2: you read the book, the Raptors can actually talk, but they can only say "Alan." No, <laughs> um, I'm just. It, I'm it just took me. It took me a minute on that one.
0: It took me a minute on that one. Such an awful Jurassic Park movie.
2: Anyways. They should have killed Hammond and taken another thing from the book in the third one.
0: (laughs) Um, One more before I get to a very interesting one. The Great Train Robbery was, was the book, the movie, was the first Great Train Robbery, which was actually directed by Crichton and featured, once again, Sean Connery and Donald Sutherland. So... Very interesting. Sean
1: Connery love.
0: So I guess we could have a Connery counter.
1: Nah, only oh, twice.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried. So for the final one, he did not write a book that this was based off of, but he did write the script and did direct it. So I am including it because of current events. Ellie's shaking her head at me because uh. she's shamed that I did this. But I am pulling this out and using it. Doesn't
1: count. Doesn't count.
0: I'm using it because it's interesting. He's
1: pulling the seven ways of uh, Kevin Bacon on this one.
0: I'm using it. He directed (laughs) and wrote the Westworld movie that, of course, the HBO series is inspired by. So I just wanted to make sure to point that out that it is very interesting. And I'll get into something else real quick after I give you this one fun fact. This was his first. This served as his first theatrical film that he directed and wrote. So, just interesting fact there. Now, to move on, I'm not going to spoil anything from the HBO show, per se. If you want to piece things together, that's your prerogative, but I'm not spoiling it in my opinion. Of course, in the movie Westworld, I will spoil something out of that real quick, Of course, it is a theme park where people go to, you know, experience stuff they wouldn't experience in their normal life. Sound familiar? Jurassic Park, maybe? Well, if you know what happens in Jurassic Park, then not to spoil this for you, but similar thing happens in the Westworld movie. Uh, Attractions go awry. Everything goes crazy and everything starts falling apart. This was actually a very interesting movie for when it was made because of the development of that they had notions of computer viruses as well as some other very interesting things. And I believe this was the first time 2D computer graphics were were utilized in a film too. So just a lot of fun facts about something that a lot of people have probably been watching recently and might not have known that it kind of had, Crichton had his hand in that as well. So that's definitely interesting.
2: Since you uh, mentioned Jurassic Park, uh, I had to throw this in here. One movie you probably didn't know was based on a novel and you might have not even known it was a movie. Carnosaur. Oh,
0: no.
1: <laughs> that sounds like that would be on my my.
2: Is actually bad Ellie. <laughs> uh, Ellie's
0: E-Rate Movies.
2: Based on a book by John Brosnan. If you have not seen Carnosaur, <laughs> drop everything what you're doing. pause, Pause the podcast and come back to it. But go watch Carnosaur. It's a brilliant artistic masterpiece.
0: Rob, I, I asked for obscure movies that we didn't know were based on. It I mean, is obscure.
2: Cinematic brilliance.
0: <laughs> Fine. I will let you have this one. Maybe Ellie will be forced to watch that later for her segment on Ellie's E Rate movies.
2: <laughs> I've totally got it if you want to borrow it. I've got Carnosaur 2 also. Do you got it on
0: VHS? Because I feel like that's the only way to watch that movie.
2: Nah, nah, I got it on DVD.
0: Do you have a
1: VHS player?
0: No, I was trying to save you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm down. I can watch it.
0: All right. I think that will wrap up our movies that you didn't realize were based on books discussion. I don't think this is the last one we're going to have. We might possibly do a... Movies that you didn't realize were based on comics soon Ooh. as well. I I know, yes, I know. Yes, I, yes. Ellie perked up. I already have one ready. On that one. So that would be something <laughs> we Did can you
2: know Batman Begins is based on a comic book called Batman.
0: I'm sorry. My mind is blown <laughs> now.
2: Uh... So
0: once again, we, we had a lot of fun with this topic. We, we learned a lot from it. So I hope you guys did as well. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back on the other side of the break. This has been Zing This. You keep stealing it from me.
1: Welcome back to Zing This. So I thought that was quite a fun dis- discussion.
0: Yeah, definitely had some stuff in there that I really didn't realize was based on books. So, I mean. Yeah. But I actually have two more real quick that I'm just going to touch on because I had these in my notes. I just completely overlooked them during the discussion because I got kind of distracted by 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 some Crichton stuff, which, as we saw, has a lot. So, real quick ones. Um, if you all remember the movie The Thing. Oh, Yeah. Great movie. One of my favorite horror movies, um, definitely, definitely ranks high up there, is actually based on a science fiction novella called Who Goes There by John W. Campbell Jr. So that's just an interesting, cool. another addition to that real quick. And the other one I'm just going to mention here, I know a lot of you probably have watched the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. <laughs> it's actually based on a book called Fast Times at Ridgemont High, A True Story. So, those are two other quick ones that I just had in my notes. It's just I think they got accidentally overlooked with the...
1: Well, there's so... I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we we
0: could obviously do another one of these at some point in time. Because there is a lot more, but...
1: Or maybe even do one that's based off of uh, graphic novels.
0: We could. We could. We definitely (laughs) mentioned that during the discussion as well. Yes, yes. So, I guess we're going to just start winding things down and wrapping things up real quick but a very important note i want to point out that this episode this very episode was brought to you by one of our listeners because they are actually one of our contributors on patreon this Yay. was brought to you by cat she's Kat. one of our good friends and she contributed to the to the podcast so this episode was brought to you by cat and we just Kat. want to say, say thanks cat uh if you want more stuff on that of course go to our patreon page if you Donate a certain amount, we'll definitely have an episode that's brought to you by you. So check that out. Um, of course, patreon.com slash this. So that's a way to help if you want to help us. But what's another way to find us to just talk to us or see what's going on with us, Allie?
1: Uh, SoundCloud, sing This
0: Is the best way, is one of the best ways to listen to us.
1: Yeah. And um, for all those iPhone people, In iTunes. Apple devices? Yes. Yes.
0: I, I, iTunes Zingness. iTunes Zingness. <laughs> Zing and if you are a Android user, we are on Google Play as well under Zingness. We're also on Stitcher, Zingness. So there's some other ways to find us.
1: Twitter, at Zingness.
0: Yes, if you want to give us a tweet, we post up on there every now and then. So you might get little hints dropped at what we might be doing. Going to try to get more active on that stuff in, starting next year. So so definitely definitely going to amp up some of our social media presence very soon. So keep an eye out for that. But speaking of social media, if you want to be a fan of us, where can they go to do that?
1: Facebook. Zing this.
0: So you can definitely join our page on there and become a fan of that as well. Get some more behind-the-scenes stuff with that, too. So we'll be posting more on there. And finally, if they want a hint at what the, at what the Monday's episode could be about on Sunday... We put a collage out on what every week
1: we we put a collage out on Instagram at zing this podcast
0: so that's so those are the ways to just get in touch with us. If you want to email us directly, you can of course do that at you can of course do that zing at gmail dot com yep. so those are the quick ways to get a hold of us. We just kind of wanted to give that nice little shout out there to what to what was deserved and um that being said, we'll see you guys next week and we're going to have DJ Golden Boy 89 play us out. Yeah. counteract.